I'm 46 and I'm coming here. <laughs> okay, I just had to be smart. Hey, hi. Wow, nice blanket you got there. Whoa. You don't look a day that ever soft. I should have brought my blanket. I'm ready to use it. Okay. Let's pray. And while we're praying, let's, let's remember that these are gifts from our Father. Yeah. Are you blessing her? No. Okay, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for these precious gifts. They are our future. They are vessels that we can take your love and fill them, fill them with your love, your presence, your hope, that they might find joy in all that they do today and, uh, and the rest of their lives. With their eyes fixed on you, we ask blessings on the teachers that are uh, going to present um, the lesson today, that their hearts and their minds might be wide open in joy and pleasure. We ask it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Oh, Glory. Hallelujah now. There you go. All right, I've got to move my piece of art. And what's going to happen right now is it's going to fall apart on the way there. No. <laughs> now I've stress tested it. <laughs> okay, it's important that everybody has a bulletin. And, and in the bulletin, it is a picture of what I tried to recreate here. The purpose of uh, the, the picture is to uh, twofold. One, as a continuation of where we left off last Sunday, where uh, Jesus got off the train here in Portage and he's going to start a, uh, a uh, door knocking uh, mission. And it touches on uh, uh, Revelation 3.20, where uh, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and invites me in, I'll come with him. So I printed them on glossy paper so that you can be encouraged to tape them on your refrigerator, give them to anybody that... Uh, would like a, a little picture of uh, uh, Jesus in their home. Then uh, the insert is loaded with Bible passages that relate to what I'm about to share with you. So I encourage you to take this home, uh, take the photograph home, and use it during the week uh, for your meditations. So the title for uh, this sermon is Forgiveness, our return ticket to paradise. Because we trace ourselves back far enough, 
uh, we're back in paradise with and trying to and hope to start over again. And we will be back with our Father in due time. Um, but first, let's just go over last week's a little bit. We uh, talked about anger and the anger that started right away in the Garden of Eden and uh, Cain struck his younger brother in the head and killed him. The assumption is that poor little uh, Abel uh, was trying to encourage Cain uh, to bring God back into his life. And Cain, uh, obviously, as we went into the later verses, uh, his gospel uh, was we can do it without God. We can create our own uh, satisfying life. And God kept interfering it with the flood and then uh, to other major incidents in the Old Testament. And finally, uh, we come to the New Testament here in Portage. And in many aspects of our culture today, we're still trying to do it without God. So, uh, we started out in paradise. Uh, we ended up in Portage. We got off the angry train. And so, the cure for anger is forgiveness. So, with Revelation 3.20 here, this image of a Jesus uh, knocking at the door, he probably ran up to the door. He was very enthusiastic salesman because what he's selling is life. And uh, so we know what it's like uh, when somebody knocks on our door. Hello. You know, Hey, Mom, somebody's at the door. Well, why don't you open it? Well, then they look and, I ain't going to open it. <clears throat> Better go get Dad. And he's going to ask, who's there? So the one question he might have, we might have, seeing a stranger, do I know you? Have you been around before? Uh, because we ourselves have some intrepidation. Uh, whenever we answer the phone, we don't know what's going to happen on the other end of the phone. we got a little bit better idea now with, uh, 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 with our contacts and smartphones. We know who's calling. But when the number is unlisted, we don't know what we're getting into when we answer that phone. And uh, were they here before? When Jesus actually was... Uh, on earth, he sent 72 people out knocking on doors. Uh, in uh, Luke 10, it describes it. 72 of his disciples in pairs, so they had 36 pairs that went out knocking on doors. And uh, Jesus' instruction was, if they receive you, uh, give, give them their blessings. If they don't answer the door or don't respond, uh, just move on. And they did, and they reported back to Jesus. So in our hearts, uh, we too uh, want to share uh, the good news of uh, we need God uh, to others. There's a couple of things I want to point out on, on that photograph. 
Now, knocking, Jesus knocking on the door is a very popular uh, theme for artists over the years. And I've looked at many, many of these uh, images of Jesus knocking at the door. But this is the very best one. And the reason for it is, uh, remember, look at your photographs. I don't have it. I was going to go cut some some thistles this morning. Yes, look at uh, the thing on here. Or you can look up on the monitor. Um, but this house uh, has got thistles in front of it. So we'll just take uh, a moment uh, to look at the house and examine the house. So there's several things about the house that make it interesting. And the first one is the thistles. Now remember, God kicked uh, Cain, I mean, uh, uh, Adam and Eve out of the garden. Said, you're going to have a hard time, uh, and you're going to have to deal with thistles and thorns. And, and Cain, his response was, well, we can do it without you. We can make a name for ourselves. So the artist here has the, the thistles right next to the house. So that would be a statement uh, by Cain, his gospel, his spirit. See, we have done it without you, in spite of the thistles. I got me a upper scale house, a uh, uh, high class house. This house here, um, unlike some of the other images, is cut stone with arched doors. So this was a high-class, expensive home built on top of thistles as a demonstration that we, this household don't need any help from Jesus. <clears throat> but let's take a look at Jesus. This guy uh, is uh, protecting his home. Uh, he knows what's going on inside of it. It's the same thing that Cain had uh, uh, his power struggle uh, with uh, uh, building his cities and his kingdoms um, by the use of force. And we often add, uh, make a comment, well, no one knows what goes on behind closed doors. Well, that can be true, but to a certain extent, nothing's changed ever since uh, Abel got hit in the head with a rock. There's been struggling, fighting, uh, hardships, good times, difficulties, uh, all because of uh, the, the uh, attractiveness of Cain's gospel of we can do it without God. So we know what's going on behind that door. Without God, it's going to be a mess. And the man is going to likely defend it. So... This artist portrays Jesus uh, in a, uh, a couple of interesting ways. He is, in this image, he is the source of light. You look at the, the uh, artist, uh, you can see there's a light someplace, and Jesus is the light. He's not only the light, he's the life and the way to the Father. Uh, as we uh, could read in John uh, eight twelve. But he's also scarred. He's got a scar on him, a cut. And uh, 
to indicate that he paid a price. Remember, one of the versions of, of the Lord's Prayer, uh, forgive us our debt. When there's wrong, there is a price to be paid. Whether you're speeding on the Wisconsin River Bridge and you get a ticket, there's a price to be paid. Now when it happens in my household, uh, I'll pay the price. <laughs> I didn't want to bring my Susan into that, but she's got a heavy foot sometimes you know, going across that bridge. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> So uh, G the artist here portrays Jesus as a light, and in the, in the Greek mind, light is truth. So whenever you see a flame uh, in, in uh, old art or in a lot of times in uh, colleges and universities, when you go back at their founding, they'll have like a lamp and a, and a flame coming out of it, symbolizing truth. When the uh, Holy Spirit came down on the... On the at Pentecost, they had a flame above their head. Every Greek mind, and they were all Greek, understood that's a symbol of truth. They're speaking the truth. So Jesus is the truth. He is the light uh, to guide us through life. And the scar on his hand, he did pay the price. So <clears throat> he's, not, he's knocking. Uh, but uh, he doesn't have anything to sell. He's got something to give. So the guy uh, in the household might ask, well, uh, what do you, you want to say? What do, you got, what do you got for us? And um, so I got listed there five things that Jesus is going to want to talk about if, if, the, if he has permission to come in the house. I don't have uh, my Bible. I'm going to get my Bible. I just want to read. I know I'm off screen. That's all right. Uh, uh, Romans, I mean Revelation 3.20. And there's uh, a uh, shortage of, uh, not all the pews have Bibles in them. So, but I've always regarded these words with warmth. Look, Henry, I stand at the door and knock. Matter of fact, our house has an arched door. Yeah. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. <clears throat> Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone who he has ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to us. Now it reads churches but I read it, me. He's knocking at my door. He's the door of my heart. <clears throat> and 
uh, wants to talk with me. Now, I have a habit of getting up and having coffee with the Lord. So I've been doing that for 50 years. So uh, I have my time that he, I give him to open the door. But this is what he wants to talk about. He wants to talk about rebellion, the rebellion of Cain, how it came, came forward, uh, that he has paid the price. You don't have to worry about what I'm going to say, but you're going to have to admit guilt. And guilt is very important because that's when we take it on ourselves. And we uh, take it, we're accountable for our behavior, not passing it off onto someone else. And uh, uh, he's going to share how patient God has been through the years dealing with us. And... Uh, which leads into his mercy. He's going to talk about the mercy of the Father, his patience with us, and dealing with all of our issues. And grace, that we should give grace to uh, our others. We have been forgiven, so we, sh we should uh, forgive others. And forgiveness, that uh, should be... Uh, Ephesians, I'm going to read that uh, from Ephesians 4. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, harsh words or slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, be tender-hearted, patient, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you and me. The, the empowerment to forgive is uh, predicated on receiving the forgiveness. And if we are, have not received the forgiveness, then, uh, and we can't forgive others. So unforgiveness is uh, ungodly. Forgiveness is divine. It comes to us and empowers us and knocks us to our knees to overwhelmed with the understanding of how far we are from him, but how dear he loves us and cares for us. And then uh, he's going to talk about love, how much God the Father loves you, loves your household, loves your children. <clears throat> And uh, and how much we can, how much uh, capacity we have to love others when we ourselves know how much we are loved. And uh, Jesus uh, had said that uh, a person who has been forgiven much loves much. So, to receive his love, we have to receive his forgiveness. After reviewing that, uh, he might ask, remember, we are on this journey uh, to uh, return uh, to uh, paradise, back to Eden, where we want to return 
to enjoy the bliss and the peace and the uh, the garden, to walk in the cool of the evening like the uh, Moses, uh, Moses describes in Genesis. So it's uh, reasonable to ask, well, just how much does this ticket to paradise uh, cost? What's it going to cost me? And there is something that we have to do, and that is repent. Uh, we cannot enjoy what uh, uh, God has given us until we turn around and see a new vision, a new hope, the one that he is painting for us to receive it. And uh, so in Acts 3.19, uh, where the people are uh, asking, what must we do? They've been convicted of their sin. What can we do to be saved? And, um, and Peter said, repent and turn to God. And the other cost is forgiving others. And that is a very, very difficult thing for me. Um, in the Lord's Prayer, and in other places in Scripture, it uh, points out that um, we can't receive forgiveness until we desire to give forgiveness. So we have this <coughs> diagram, if I could put this, this triangular diagram where uh, there's two people at the base of the pyramid and we have a relationship with each other then each of us have a relationship with God. And forgiveness can't occur uh, if, uh, for us if we ask the Lord for forgiveness and then we're, we're holding a grudge against uh, another person because our Father uh, loves that person with the same amount of love, the same concern. And so we cannot just ignore uh, that we are sort of spiritual siblings and there is no favoritism, so uh, we cannot grow uh, unless uh, we forgive. And uh, forgiveness is not always easy. But the Lord reads our heart. If we have a desire and to work on it, to struggle with it, but not ignore it, not pass it off like, oh, it's not my problem, or... Uh, it's not my fault, but rather own it and struggle with the Lord. Uh, remember Jesus said uh, that I come uh, to uh, uh, search for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And the word Israel means one who struggles. Remember, Jacob uh, was, just before he was going to meet his brother, uh, who was likely to kill him, struggled with the Lord and all night. And the Lord had to dislocate his hip uh, before he would relent. What? 
You keep hitting it with your Bible. I'm covering up the mic. It was unintentional. I'm just, I'm just not used to all the equipment. <clears throat> Remember, I'm really tech savvy with my mechanical pencil. It never fails to boot up. <laughs> you got one that runs off of steam in the back room. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, um, Jesus is looking for those who are struggling in their relationship with God. Uh, the, the woman at the well was a lost sheep uh, she, uh, because she had all these questions about God and she was a Samaritan and the uh, a outcast and a reject. Uh, the same way with the Phoenician woman. Uh, Jesus comes for, to those who are struggling in their relationship with God to give them encouragement, to uh, give them hope. So, what is the reward? In Luke uh, 5.10, I'm sorry, 15, thank you. Um, it talks about how the angels in heaven rejoice. There's a party going on when anyone repents. Anyone who is seeking forgiveness, there's a party going on. So it not only uh, brings, when we repent and turn to God, ask for forgiveness, there's a joy in heaven. A wayward child has come home. He brought home uh, the, the one, the, the one uh, of the 99. But there's also peace on earth. When we uh, fail to forgive, we hang on to our anger that makes uh, Cain's system of doing it without God. Um, if we hang on to that, we, it matures into bitterness. We come and it, we internalize it, and our bitterness becomes who we are. That is, uh, so to release that then, uh, for another person, our, when we uh, receive forgiveness and give forgiveness, two people are set free. We're set free from our guilt, we're set free from our anger, and then we set the other person free as well. So when we forgive, that does not mean the person is necessarily going to change, but we change. So, and that's not saying that the person won't change. It's just that there's not necessarily an immediate reaction of throwing their arms around us and oh, say thank you or whipping out a $100 bill. <clears throat> Although I wish that would happen on occasion. Uh, and then, when, does, when, we, uh, when do we ex begin to experience paradise? That would be the question, you know. We're on the train. Uh, 
Jesus gave us the ticket, the return ticket to paradise, with his life, with his blood, with his teaching, with his encouragement. Uh, but we ain't there yet. You know, we're on the way. But when we repent and turn around, we see where we're going. We see the end. It's like Stephen when he was getting stoned. Uh, by, uh, and, and Saul was looking over it. He uh, said to the people who were killing him, I see heaven. That's uh, a report of oftentimes of the uh, Romans that they were being killed in the, uh, with lions in the uh, uh, amphitheater there in Rome. They would be singing while their loved ones are being torn apart. The, how can that be? Well, one thing, they're not there. They're like Stephen. They see heaven. They, they, they're transported uh, to the real paradise. And we're on the way. When I was a, a child, we had steam engines go through Merrimack. Chuck a chuck, chuck, chuck. Always loved that. Uh, but they had the baggage car uh, where all you, you put all your baggage in or traveling. And the women are studying uh, uh, Jonah and the whale. And uh, so one of the things, I don't know if I'm getting ahead with that, but at any rate, uh, they got in the big storm. Uh, he's on the boat. The boat's getting ready to sink. And they start throwing stuff overboard to save it. Save the boat, save it. We're all going to die. And I liken that to being on the, on the uh, uh, train to paradise. We ain't at paradise, but we got a bunch of baggage. And so we got to be in the baggage car, you know, digging through it, throwing this out, throwing that out. You know, we don't need that. <clears throat> and one of the uh, things that I uh, muse over, too, is uh, the... Uh, uh, the hiking trail from Mexico to Canada on the West Coast. I forgot what they call that. Um, but it's popular, and a friend of mine has done it three times. Uh, the, uh, I, the crest or something, the Western Crest. But it goes from Mountain Peak to Mountain Peak all the way to Canada. But at the beginning, uh, the novices... You know, they got their backpack all filled up uh, and they're going to cover every contingency. And he described it to me. It's like a 10-mile-long abandonment of stuff. You know, the, the pack is too heavy. I don't need this. And as the further they go, the more they throw away, the more baggage they got uh, to get rid of until they got down to the bare essentials. But this is on our way back to paradise on the uh, uh, using our return ticket that Jesus bought for us with his blood. We got to be in the garbage bag. I mean, garbage bag. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, in, in the uh, uh, baggage car. All right. So in, let's sum this up a little bit. So. We're encouraged to practice forgiveness. And it's a, uh, uh, 
something that can be rehearsed and prayed over and practiced and um, perfected. But we're dealing with something very spiritual. It isn't like uh, we're learning how to jump rope and we're getting really good at it. Uh, but rather we're getting deeper, deeper into ourselves, deeper into other people, more um, joyful, more satisfac satisfaction in life, uh, more peace in our life, more joy that we can spread. So um, I've got the uh, uh, passages listed there. Uh, much of it, or some of them come right out of what we know as the, the Roman road. Romans uh, 3, uh, 23, where uh, uh, Paul telling it, we, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No one is seeking after God. So we're all guilty. And uh, Romans 10, 9, that if we confess and believe, we'll be saved. We'll be put on the train. Not like, uh, like I did my grandma, as I was explaining to you last week. Uh, the train takes off, and you know, uh, it's all haphazard, and I'm leaving my kids, little kids, in the car as the train's moving away. Um, God don't work that way. Uh, so we encourage, confess, and believe, and we'll be saved. Then Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And remember, their third child, Adam and Eve's third child, um, Seth, his generation began to call on the name of the Lord. Uh, Cain is off building cities, uh, doing it without God, and Seth is, is saying, essentially, we got to come to our senses. We, we have to have God in our life. And so when they say, we're calling on the name uh, of God, it's the whole nature, the whole person, the whole uh, to, uh, total, uh, total of what God is, not just a sound out of our mouth, but his spirit, his desire, his plan for us. <clears throat> And in Acts uh, 16.31, this is where the jailer, you know, uh, Paul and uh, his partner was uh, uh, beaten and put into prison. And uh, they were singing in the middle of the night and there was an earthquake. Uh, and uh, this prison doors were opened. And the jailer was afraid that somebody would get away because it would cost him his life. And Paul reassured him that this is an act of God. God loves you. He knows what's going on. And he, uh, he and his family received the Lord uh, from Paul's urging. And then John 3.16. We know that. So it's probably the most familiar uh, New Testament passage. John, uh, God so loved the world. And when I was in the army uh, as a young, my uh, late teens, I was really all messed up. I had a, I don't want to say a Bible-thumping roommate, but he didn't go out and get uh, into mischief like I did. 
Um, but one day uh, when I was in lots of trouble and uh, he asked me what was wrong and I said, well, I, I think that I don't understand how God can forgive me. And I had this hopeless feeling. And then he read this to me. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He said, do you believe it? I said, I want to believe it. Uh, and, uh, but at the moment I didn't, but I heard what he said. And it was during the holidays and my, uh, I didn't have to go before the board uh, until after the holidays, but I went to church for the first time in a very long time and just cried my eyes out and confessed to God uh, that I'm not the person I want to be. I'm out of control. How often have we told our teenagers, you're out of control? Well, I was. <clears throat> and uh, so every time I hear that, I think of uh, him and the, uh, the beautiful thing that he did for me. Okay, Jesus makes one promise before he leaves the house physically. Uh, he said, uh, I will be with you till the close of the age. So he's not with us in body, but he leaves us with his spirit, that his spirit will be with us to the close of the age. So we can always rely on his presence, on his promise, on his power uh, to take us through all of the uh, trials of life. So I'm just going to take him down and fold him up like an accordion and uh, set him aside. And then our response Uh, can be this. I never tried this out. All right. Hallelujah. Now, Wednesday, I believe it was last Wednesday, uh, was uh, Ash Wednesday the beginning of 40 days of Lent, uh, which we uh, respect in many of the churches. Uh, it's the 40 days that Jesus wandered in the desert being tested by the devil, uh, and he fought back with, with truth. And so uh, we all know then the last week of uh, his life and his death that he gave for us. But then the Father stepped in and gave us the absolute assurance by raising him up from the dead. And so this is what I put on my front door every Easter uh, so the neighborhood can see that uh, I'm happy. I'm happy that the Lord did all of this for us. And, uh, and when we receive him, you know, we receive a desire to bring others into the family. Uh, and so 
I'm going to end with a prayer of encouragement. Dear Heavenly Father, you knew every single need of, of your children. And you withheld nothing to see us through this time on earth. Gave us time uh, and time again an opportunity to make your name hallowed. Hallowed in our heart. Hallowed in our home. Hallowed in our community and neighborhoods. We thank you for allowing us to participate in the salvation of the world. We bring before you all those people that we hold dear in our heart, that they may receive your joy, that they uh, might uh, receive your light, that they in turn, I in turn, we in turn, can be a light to those who are stumbling in darkness. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Are we supposed to have the children up here?